0: All right, welcome back to another episode of What Do We Know with Harry and Jim. I'm Jim Flanagan, joined as always by the one and only Harry Rao. Harry, how are you today? Doing pretty good. How are you today? I'm doing wonderful, and flanked as always by James Webb from the People of Comedy Network Podcast Studios. What up? How are you today, buddy? I'm good man. How are you? I'm good. I'm excited for today. We've got a good episode. We have a uh, returning guest in our eyes in David Wallasinski. He um, was on
1: our pilot episode. He was
0: on our pilot episode uh, about online poker and gambling, and he was great. He was a fantastic guest. I don't know if you You're probably not going to have heard that yet as uh, as the listening audience. I don't know what order these are coming out yet, so for us, he's a returning guest, but this might be the first time you hear him. Uh, David's with us today to talk about horse betting, which is something near and dear to my heart. Do you ever play the ponies?
1: I have. Um, I used to go to Arlington Park with my ex-wife's family. Okay. We would take a couple trips there every summer.
0: After the divorce? <laughs> <laughs> the way you said it I used to go with my ex-wife's family uh, we just pal around still she doesn't care for it so much so we don't invite her She's
1: trying to liquidate all my assets no
0: <laughs> no.
1: It was, a, it was a great time you know what I really like about Arlington Park you go there with like 40 bucks you can have a great time all day there
0: make a day of it absolutely my family goes every year the day after Thanksgiving we used to always go uh, as well and then we over the summer we kind of have like a cousin's day where all the Flanagan degenerates get together <laughs> and uh, take over Arlington for a Sunday afternoon. It's a lot of fun I love it. How I many
1: Flanagans uh, descend on Arlington Park
0: I mean day? some of them some years it's been 60 70 people maybe that's too Jesus. many I probably made that number up 40 uh, I'd say 40 at least yeah we're a Fucking Irish. We're a we're a brood if you will We are a, we, we roll deep. Uh, my dad was one of 10 kids. So wow. as you can imagine, as the generations go down, there's a lot of cousins. But I also, every year I would uh, I would have like a little cheat sheet and another cousin who we would have kind of all trying to figure out who these people are. Like, no, who's that one and how am I related to them? So that's kind of part of what we do over there. Um, but I love it. I love horse betting. I, uh, I'm not good at it. I have an uncle uh, very near and dear to me uh, recently passed. He was a he was a huge uh, horse track better, so I used to spend a lot of time with him at the OTBs and everything.
1: So you know you know a little bit about how to read the programs. and
0: I do. I don't really know what to make of it though. Um, I'm I'm always interested in learning a little more about that because I don't gamble well. Like everyone has different systems. It's um, I this owner I go by this jockey. I look at the times. I only bet grey horses, and I I don't know what the right way is. What do you do when you gamble?
1: Yeah, honestly, uh, I look at the program. I look at the odds, but it, it's all coming down to the horse's name, really. It's <laughs>
0: really, yeah. It's a good way to go. What uh? When you, are you a, you're a two dollar bet not you? Yeah, you don't yeah, wanna. It's-
1: it's not a thing that I'm banking my future on. That's I think. fascinating. Well,
0: that's probably good. You shouldn't be banking your future on it. But is it right, I p- guess
1: another way to say it is I don't take it that seriously. So I've been to Arlington Park just a, a handful of times. It's been a while. I, th- I definitely think we should have an episode on site. What do we call that segment?
0: I don't think we really have a name for I think
1: I believe it's on site shenanigans. I'm pretty sure we've R-E-G. never
0: agreed upon a name James, do we we've we never really agreed upon a name for I'm gonna remain neutral here. I feel like <laughs> there's no name for it at all. So James,
1: what's your experience with horse track betting? Do you have any? Yeah.
0: I went to one track once when I was like ten. Oh, I just shit. watched adults get drunk and have fun. So this has got to be riveting for you, huh? Yeah, gambling talk. Honestly, care. it makes me want to go. Yeah, it's yeah. A, it's such a great time. I mean, if you've never been to Arlington, I highly recommend it. They're not sponsoring this podcast, so
1: how was your week, Jim?
0: Uh, this shouldn't surprise anyone who's ever listened to our podcast. I've never seen any of the Lord of the Rings. Oh my God, what? So Jesus, did you see that? Do we have camera on it's Harry? Even, it, like, yeah. He bulked up on it. It's me. even in, it's even look, in like,
1: parts, so it's not like Hamilton where you have to watch it in one <laughs> sitting.
0: Which, has anyone changed that yet? Has anyone, <laughs> have they made it so you can get a fast pass and go back for the second half of the end? Did we, have, we, have we enacted change with our podcast? Because that's what I'm here for.
1: Oh, man. Have you seen Star Wars?
0: Yeah, when I was a kid.
1: Have you not seen the most uh, recent no, ones? No,
0: I've seen four through six. Okay.
1: All right, well, at least you've seen the ones that are...
0: There's a lot like, of that movies. That count.
1: But uh, I don't know about how I'm going to get over this Lord of the Rings thing. There's a lot of movies a lot. that
0: I pretend that I've seen so people don't do what you just did. Like, I, <laughs> like, I don't want people getting mad at me because I didn't spend two hours. While I, you were, what? Three hours. Three hours, <laughs> so sorry. I didn't mean... Oof. that's never going to happen. I'll make that clear. <laughs> two hours, I could have considered it. Three hours? Each. Get the hell out of here.
1: I started watching Game of Thrones. Have you guys...
0: You looked at me like I insulted your family when I said I hadn't seen The Lord of the Rings. <laughs> okay, And then fair. you're going to just drop, oh, I just started watching Game of Thrones now that it's over. What are you doing?
1: Fair, fair. I Okay, I will get addicted in binge watch stuff. So I stayed away from Game of Thrones because I saw what it was doing to my friends. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I probably shouldn't watch this. I, I don't know. Like, you, you're, you're out doing comedy a lot. Do you and your friends who are non comics, are you, uh, do you ever uh, like, man, we should hang out, but we never have time to do anything because we're always all so busy? Yeah, with of our course. Head. Yeah. So, my friends and I had this conversation and we decided, why don't, uh, they've, oh, have been for years trying to get me to watch Game of Thrones. And I was like, you know what? Let's make that our thing. On mm-hmm. Mondays, we're going to get together and then, like, this is what we're going to do is watch Game of Thrones. And I find that now I'm just cheating and I keep watching more and more episodes without that. <laughs> I can't help myself. I love myself. that you just
0: called yourself out. But then do you go back and watch the next episode in sequence with them? No,
1: I don't. And I know it's really <laughs> shitty. What and here's jerk. the Here's how shitty I am. is If they do it, I like, no, you got to watch the episode again. Wow. Because, well, because here's why. And here's my rationale. I
0: get why your friends don't hang out with you, for sure.
1: <laughs> for sure. Because I haven't seen it yet. This is like either their second or third, okay. actually fourth pass for one of them. It's like, so... What's an example? Like, I watched, I told my friend that I was going to watch episode six. And so I was like, you better just watch that on your own because we're not watching it together. I'm watching it now. So then he went and watched it. And it turns out I got busy and I never watched it. And so when we got together, (laughs) I was like, no, we
0: got to watch episode six. You are a monster. (laughs) I have not known this side of you. I, the polite and meek Hari, who sure occasionally likes a hot button issue or two. Maybe he enjoys naming segments inappropriately, but you're just a normal guy, and now you're going out there, and you're dictating what your friends can and can't watch, but, but again, and then they're... being like, nope, I didn't have time, so you watch it again.
1: I feel like I should get a pass, since this is my first time. Of course you feel it. like
0: you should get a pass, because you feel like you're certainly the more important one here. That <laughs>
1: it's...
0: Why wouldn't you think you get a pass? I
1: don't know what's ha- what has happened, whereas they I do. It. I understand. Uh, so I've already, now, I just finished season one. And only half of with uh, my friends, <laughs> so <laughs> it's becoming a bit of a problem. Have you guys seen The Wire?
0: I have not, and I keep trying to watch oh, The Wire. So I good. keep trying to watch it, and I never get through it. I don't know why. It's not a time thing. It's just like it's just not doing it for you. Yeah, and I forget about it. I go into other stuff. How far you know? into it are you? Uh, episode one. <laughs> mm-hmm. no. But I've I've like I've tried watching the first episode a few different times, you know, and I just never I never stick with it. I just finished when they see us, unbelievable, unbelievable, Uh, heart wrenching. I mean, uh, really, uh, an incredible story. Are you a Marvel guy, Jim? I, (laughs) I've seen one. All right, which one? Uh, I think we did. We this (laughs) is whole conversation already happened. (laughs) We had this conversation with you on the podcast.
1: (laughs) You asked exactly that question. You did. Are you a Marvel guy? No,
0: that's fine, James. (laughs) 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 Oh, hello. Do you remember Oh Hello Guy now? Yes, right. I do remember that. You still haven't answered my question again. <laughs> uh, I've seen Iron Man. On a plane. On a plane. And I've seen parts of Ant-Man. I think I've seen Ant-Man in its entirety, just not in order. Okay, that all rings a bell, yeah. Just on <laughs> TBS or TNT. As you do, yeah.
1: <laughs> all right. Well, we're excited to have David Walazinski on. <laughs> Did I mention that uh, we're excited to have a David...
0: <laughs> we're, ex- we're excited to have a David. We're- I think uh, Harry and I are having a son. Uh, his name's going to be David, and we're excited to have a David. He's not going to wear shorts. <laughs> he's, he's son of a bitch. <laughs> All right, we're back with our guest, David Walasinski, uh with our first segment, Three Questions. David, question number one.
2: Is it possible to make a living by betting on horses?
0: Oh, I'd have to think yes. There's got to be someone out there who can do it, right?
1: I think so. I think that... uh you know, there's more, it's more than just luck, right? Because you have the talent of the horse itself yeah, and its skills and its history. Uh, I would say yes.
0: Okay. I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm going to say yes as well. We'll find out in a little bit. David, question number two.
2: What is the best bet you can make at the horse track?
0: What is the best bet you can make at the horse I'll tell you. In my opinion, it's a mint julep. Uh, you can't go wrong with those bad boys. They <laughs> are refreshing. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, and we found a sponsor for the- this podcast already. <laughs> <laughs> mint Juleps. This whole thing it was just a way of me shilling my new Mint Julep line that I forgot to tell you guys about. Um, Harry, what do you think? Do you, what is the best bet you can make
1: for consistency? I think a simple win bet. Simple win bet. A sim- because again, if, you know, if you know a lot about a particular horse mm-hmm. or the horses uh, in the race, I feel like you know the talent of the horse is going to carry you. So I think why make it complicated with a. Uh, Trifectas and uh, all these other ones I don't quite understand.
0: You're just saying words you've heard, aren't I you? Am right just now, saying this the words. I'm Proud of you. Good for you. I, <laughs> just wants to show off his knowledge a little bit. Good. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna go. I, I like your train of thought. I'm gonna go the opposite way, and I might be wrong on this. Uh, I'm gonna say a show bet, because that. Well, we'll get into what the bets are, but I'm gonna say a show bet was probably, in my
2: opinion, your best bet. Thank you. And question number three, David. How are odds determined when you're betting on the horses?
0: How are odds determined? That's a good question because it changes constantly, right? Like you'll be – when you're at a track, you'll uh, the, they change often.
1: Now, if it's not clear enough already, I just want to establish I don't know a lot about <laughs> horse track betting. It's clear. Um, and I'm really excited to learn about it in this episode. But I will say I would think that their odds are set just by the history of the horse's performance.
0: I think I have a little bit of – I think I, I have a guess on this one. I think they're set by the gambling on them. You know what I mean? Like, as money comes in, but I don't know, there, there has oh, to be like a Oh, way-
1: like, the amount of risk people are willing to take on them factors into...
0: So, as you're... When you're at a track, if, like, the odds will change, and you'll see it live, and people who are a lot smarter than me are always saying things like, oh, a lot of money must have come in on the one horse, because the odds get lower. You know what I mean? So, I think it, 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 I think it has to do with the pool of money, but I'm not sure. We'll we'll find out. That's what uh, the point of this segment is. We'll learn uh, a little bit about that at the end from our guest. Uh, we want to welcome David Walasinski for joining us. Uh, I'm going to say welcome back David was actually here uh, as part of our first podcast episode the pilot we did that you guys will probably hear at some point but David thanks for joining us uh, first and foremost what makes you an expert and we use the subject we use the term very loosely but uh, what does make you uh, our expert on, uh, on horse betting tell us a little bit about your experience
2: so I spent a lot of time at the at the horse track growing up um, it's actually I have a little bit of a family background there my my grandparent or my grandpa owned a horse track in Toledo uh, Toledo Raceway Park and that was like our regular Saturday afternoon and evening. Um, ever since I was like 12, 13 years old, as we would go to the horse track, there was 10 or 11 live races. And um, as soon as I could figure out how to, I don't know, pick numbers or read horse names, then I would always get, you know, a couple of my own gambling tickets, and I didn't have to pay for them, of course. But <laughs> if I if I won money, I got something out of it. So oh, that's
0: cool. Grandpa encouraging you to gamble at a young age. Look at that. <laughs> that's exactly. how oh that's great so you were you were raised at a horse track basically, basically yep. i don't mean that in an offensive way <laughs> at all i think that's a very cool thing and you've obviously stuck with it you 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 still do you you gamble uh last time you were in you talked to us about online poker uh which is to me something that's also very fascinating um but horse racing still a love of yours is that right
2: definitely yep i think i think it's interesting and now you know living out in chicago uh the horse track here on arlington park is a a fun time it's a nice track it's it's good to be outside in the summer so
1: how often do you go to arlington park
2: i get there a few times a race season i'll say so i'm not there every weekend but mm-hmm. i try to get there three to four times a year
0: um so let's talk a little bit about so first of all i this is a subject that fascinates me i think it's really interesting um i because I, I think there is a lot that goes into it a lot more than other types of gambling right i, I think there's i mean there's obviously there's a there's a live animal component to it, right? So there's it's a lot different than most other things we see. Um, let's talk a little bit about the types of bets. Uh, we talked, uh, obviously, simple win, place, show. Hari, do you know what that is? Do you know what the differences between those are?
1: Yes. I, well, I think I do. You pick a horse, mm-hmm. and if you pick him to win, then he'll be in first. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, to place would be first or second, and to show would be first, second, or third.
0: Checks out. Absolutely. Uh, Trifectus, which is where you pick...
1: Oh, uh, you pick the horse to come. No, you pick three horses. Yeah, you do. And they have to come in that exact order mm-hmm. uh, that you pick them. Isn't there? There's also one where you pick them to come in any order, right?
0: That's a box, right? Yep. You yeah. You you can you pick them and you box them, which is basically making all of the bets. So it costs you a lot more money.
2: Exactly. So for the trifecta bet, for any of the bets where you're picking order of finish, so exacta for two horses, trifecta for three three horses, and superfecta for four horses. Those are the ones I'm aware of. I don't think there's anything beyond that. All the bets, technically, you're picking the exact order, but the track just makes ways that you can modify that by betting additional combinations. So the most popular one is the box where you're just betting on, you're betting the exact order, but you're just betting all the possible exact orders of the three horses that you picked. And so the machine or the teller lets you do that in an easier way. Mm Mm-hmm. So there's math by a trifecta box is actually six combinations. I don't know if you guys remember permutations from math, but it's actually three times two times one mm-hmm. is how you get to the six combinations. And then for so for superfecta it'd be four times three times two times one. So twenty four? Yeah. I think.
0: Yep, so a $1 Superfecta box will cost you 24 bucks cuz you're actually betting $1 24 different ways.
2: Exactly. You're really making 24 different bets. Is the way that that's going to be the the proper way to think about it and that's the way that the track thinks about it.
1: Oh jeez, I'd have no idea if I even won that yeah. bet. <laughs>
0: David and I are big permutation guys. We'll talk about this <laughs> stuff. This is this is right up my alley. I get it. I I'm fully on board with all this talk. Um, and that is probably. I mean, I think obviously trifecta, superfecta, exactas, a lot more risk involved because you know you're picking more horses. That's where you're going to make a lot more money. But I feel like for people who try and do this regularly, I don't know. Is it? I mean, is it easier to pick? one trifecta successfully a day or two or three smaller races a day what is the what's the strategy
2: so there's definitely gonna be higher variance higher payouts on we'll call them the exotics the ones with the the height where you're picking more than just win place or show so you're gonna get more payout but they're gonna be harder to win that's the simplest way to think about it Um, so it kinda depends on maybe what you're trying to accomplish at the track if you're you know trying to leave with somewhere Close to the same money that same amount of money that you came with, then you're probably best off with the win place show type bets. Mm-hmm. If you feel more like you know you want to kind of like a scratch off lottery ticket player, you want to maybe like be able to make a little bit more money, then the exotics might be the way to go. If you want to have a chance to leave with like a thousand bucks.
0: Hmm. And uh, what is your strategy? I've never had a strategy when I've gambled. That's probably part of the, <laughs> that's probably part of my issue.
2: So so for me, I do almost strictly the the exotic bets the the trifectas and the superfectas because for me i don't really care like I'm, i might go to the track with a 100 bucks and i'm pretty much planning to leave without any of it mm-hmm. but if i do win something i kind of want it to be you I don't know, little it a little more bit more exciting that can leave with something that yeah <laughs> makes it makes a little bit more fun i've i've bended
0: tracks where I get very excited to turn in a ticket that cost me $2 and I've won $2.40. See, and I was like, I'm oh, this with is, you there. I just like stupid. the feeling this of is... the win. It doesn't have to be a big win. Oh, I hate it. No, I don't want the feeling of the win. I want the I want the winnings. Uh, I'm i the opposite of you on that. I've done it and like this isn't even worth it. Uh, so I forget who it was. A couple years ago, there was a horse that won the Derby that was a heavy favorite, like almost scratch. And it was one of the largest... Winnings that the the Derby had ever won because so many people had two dollar tickets for this horse that would only paid like two dollars and fifty cents and they would rather just keep them on the wall than cash them. Do you know what I'm saying? Like they had they had millions of dollars in uncashed tickets. Yeah, that's
2: interesting. I was wondering where you were going until the last part. So (laughs) the fact the fact that people not cashing the tickets purely benefits the track. I know we're going to talk about a little bit more about how odds are determined later, but generally I'll just I'll just say now that the the track usually doesn't really care who wins. So Mm it's different in that way than sports gambling and we'll touch on it a little bit later I think but um there's a difference and there's a special way that horse track odds are different than kind of any other live, even live odds you might think about
0: i'm fascinated what the hell let's get into it i know this is kind of but i think if if that's what we're talking about
2: yeah so so the biggest thing with with how odds are determined at, at the horse track so they're live odds um i know you know jim's guess was that the how the, the current wagers somehow impact the odds. You can see them change um, you know, up until post time, 10 minutes to post, 5 minutes of post. You'll see the odds for the horses changing. Usually what you'll see is just the win odds is what they'll kind of advertise on the tote board. But behind the scenes, really the odds of every type of wager is constantly being recalculated. So every place wager, every show wager, um, every possible exacta, trifecta, superfecta outcome, so think of like a 10 horse race. Again, sure. back to your permutations. I don't know what the the 10 permutation is, but somewhere in the tens of thousands of combinations of ways a, a trifecta could go. These computers are calculating exactly how many people, like maybe maybe there are four, four people that have this specific combination and they have 20,000 bets, that's going this computer's crunching all of this and determining exactly what the payout's going to be so that they get exactly, and here's the thing at the horse track. So they, they get exactly about 60% of the pool returned of what was wagered. And then the rest just gets divvied up between the purse, the horse track, and, and your state and local governments. So that is
0: where the purse comes from also, though. So when you make a wager, you are, you're supporting the, the horse owners, right?
2: Yeah, at least at Toledo Raceway Park, I think it was like 15% of every dollar bet was contributed to the purse. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, the purse.
0: That's fascinating. So, but now in twenty nineteen, I mean, that can all be done live by computers behind the scenes. But as a young lad at Papa Wallasinski's in uh, in in Toledo, Ohio, I mean this this couldn't be done as quickly, right? How was that they determined still, then?
2: They must have had the tech then. And, and he, so here is the thing about how it works for horse racing. So, if you if you make a ticket, like you make a bet on a sports game, okay, and let's say you get um, let's say you get your spread locked in for. Uh, the bears to win by three and a half Mm -hmm. as soon as you make your bet it doesn't matter what happens you're you're guaranteed you have your line three and a half it's going to pay you back twice the money well it doesn't work that way in horse betting that's what makes it less complex for the track um and even safer than it would be for sports betting you're not promised anything when you make your bet at the at the horse track so if you bet on a horse at 10 to 1 and all of a sudden a flood of bets comes in flood of bets comes in and it turns into six to one you're going to get the six to one payout after the race runs. So they don't. You're not. So they compute everything after post time. Mm-hmm. So in that two minutes while the race is going on, that's when all the payouts are determined. Mm-hmm. But like you said, versus
0: sports betting. So if I lock it in at that three and a half, and then the line moves down, I, I sports betting you'd get the original line. With this, whatever you're betting
2: on, it's it's a guesstimate right? Until post actually happens, it's not real. Exactly, and the. The important thing to think about why this matters is that doesn't it benefits the institution? It benefits the track. It doesn't benefit the person making the wager. So, mm-hmm. if you find an inefficient market at a sports book, or maybe you get a really good line two weeks before the game, and it moves on you, you could even like arbitrage that out and lock in your profit. But you're not going to be able to do any sort of thing like that at the horse track. So, it makes it it's less it's it's less of an advantage for the person making the bets. I'll put it that way.
1: When you uh when you're about to place a bet before the post happens, whatever odds are being shown, that's that's just a general, like you can't rely on that because that's going to change.
2: Exactly, it's an estimate. The closer to post, the the closer it's going to be to the actual outcome. So further away, they'll there'll be odds written in the program, a Mm -hmm. guess of what it's going to be. Those are going to be less accurate. Five minutes to post, it's going to be pretty accurate and a minute to post it's going to be very accurate in fact a lot of times a lot of the regulars you'll see they don't really like to make bets except like right one or two minutes before post so you yeah. always see like long lines of people trying to flood in right at the last minute so there's a little bit more of a reason than just they're, they're kind of procrastinating and don't want to do it until a minute before
0: so favorites are favorites at that point for no other reason than there's the most money on them
2: exactly that's that's exactly how it's determined
0: so what is the because it's such an intricate gambling structure what is the allure of horse racing why do so many people get so into betting on this
2: so i I think that people like gambling in general Mm -hmm. and then i think the horses themselves i mean it's it feels i don't know maybe more honest like you know a horse probably isn't gonna like throw the race right like they're just gonna (laughs) they're kind of doing their own thing i suppose the driver could but uh it feels like something at least in my opinion that has kind of like a some a pretty honest outcome Mm -hmm. um Again, I guess you know determining what you what you think about the jockeys, but uh, i also I'm glad think you switched there's... from driver back to jockey. I was like, I think I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> but... actually let me yeah, actually. So let me say, so this is a technicality that no one will care about except people that are really into horse racing. Go on, but there actually is. So driver is the right term when it's standard bred horse racing and they're driving a cart, and a jockey is the correct term when they're riding on the horse and thoroughbred. So they're actually. They're both correct terms, but only in specific cases.
0: Very interesting. Thank you. We're, I'm sure we're going to get a letter from someone <laughs> who, until you <laughs> clarified that. Thank you. You had a question? Oh no,
1: I just thought, uh, like in terms of uh, why people bet on horses. Like I know there's just an excitement in watching that start and finish. Like you can think about your bet and crunch numbers all you want, and then wh- right when the race starts, all you're doing is watching yeah. the horses. You're, you're not just thinking, screaming at a horse. You're just screaming at the horse. Or the jockey or the driver.
0: <laughs> Whichever. Well, and the, the, the most exciting part of any sporting events, the last two minutes, right, in a close game. this The horse the race, you don't have to worry thing, about the two minutes. Yeah, <laughs> the entire thing is the last two minutes, which is what makes it so exciting. It's just such a long day for, like, eight to ten races, you know, because there's so much time in between them. What it's is a typical, uh,
1: like, the day at the races? How many races are... Is there? Is that set? I mean, I know it's set for that day, but is it a set thing every season?
2: Yeah, so generally... I think how it works for tracks, they'll have a a standard amount of races that they'll have in their program. So thinking back to Toledo, it was always between like 11 and 13, which now that I've seen some other tracks, that seems to be on the kind of the higher number of races. I think Arlington usually has less than that, like Mm -hmm. six to eight or so. Again, I don't know. I don't know exactly how that's determined. There might be some regulation behind it, but each each track has a way that they kind of like to structure their day or their evening.
1: What are the big races? There's three, right?
2: Yeah, so the, the Triple Crown, the Kentucky Derby, the Preakness, and the Belmont are the ones that everyone's familiar with. I could name maybe a couple other races that I'm familiar with, but to be perfectly honest, as someone that is pretty involved in horse racing, I don't I can't barely name a few other ones. I know there's the Breeders' Cup, mm-hmm. um, Arlington million. Yeah, the Arlington Million, area. yeah. That's what? about that's about the only other ones I know.
1: Are these races related to each other? Like if you win one then you advance to another one?
2: So the triple crown, the one that everyone's familiar with, there's a way that you qualify into the first race, which is the Kentucky Derby. Um, I couldn't tell you exactly how you qualify in, but there's not just anyone can just pay the money and show up mm-hmm. is, is kind of the point that I'm making. And the the purse is lucrative to win the Kentucky Derby, but the big thing about horse racing, um, kind of the money that can be made from the ownership side of it, is the triple crown, the most prestigious event, if you win all three races, which hardly ever happens that's the triple crown winner but horses that win any of these three races or all three where all the money is at or way more money than actually winning the purse is actually breeding out the horses so the fact that if you have a a horse that wins the triple crown which is an extremely rare event that the person that owns that horse just made millions or tens of millions of dollars in, in stud fees or breeder fees of just breeding the horse.
0: So horse racing is just a way to get paid more to smash. Is that correct? Is <laughs> yes. that really
2: what entirely... I, that's fascinating. Yeah, at the at the, at the ultra-high-end expensive horses, that's where the money really at is. It isn't about the purses. It's about the bloodline and the lineage.
0: And so are most of the horses that we see in the Triple Crown races today, are they lineage? Yeah, they legacy.
2: They get in because their parents got them in, like a good university? <laughs> Every once in a while, you'll hear about a horse that is owned and trained maybe outside of like a prior championship lineage and it's not owned by some of the you know big time owners and trainers you'll come up with some small investor groups that might pool their money and you know raise raise and train a horse but in general it's it's pretty saturated with certain like championship bloodlines and uh, like a small conglomerate of big time owners and trainers
0: so i hear so many different strategies on how to bet horses always bet the gray horse never bet the gray horse it always has something to do with the gray horse i don't know yeah. i don't know <laughs> if you can speak to that um what is i mean what
2: are you looking for when you're t- when you pick up a program so here's the thing about i guess betting on the horses and looking at the program there's there's tons of information if you open up a program the, the probably the most important information is the previous results of the horse you can see the times they ran on certain tracks uh, a lot of these small local tracks those horses will only run those tracks so it's pretty easy to understand, like, what the times mean, right? Like, if they run faster times at that track than the other horses, then they're probably a faster horse. It gets really difficult when they run other tracks because you don't mm-hmm. know. Even if even if two tracks are a mile long, tracks run at different speeds, so it gets really hard to, like, try and figure out exactly what that means. Uh, you can see other stuff, who's, who's driving the horse, um, who... Um, Sorry, I was. Oh, how much money they've won. When I was younger, I thought that like how much money the horse had won was like the most important thing. I didn't <laughs> think like that the times were important. Mm-hmm. So that's something that you could look at. Um, but here's the thing: when we go back and talk about kind of the how the live odds are determined, at least the way that I think about it is, there's probably going to be a decent chunk of like regulars that are always at this track or people that like know a lot about, pretty informed betters, right? Mm-hmm. And they're probably going to bet a little bit more money too. So. The way that I think about it is it's probably already a decently efficient market as far as like the, the betters themselves being able to determine like what horses should be the favorite. Mm-hmm. That's why I really don't think it's bad to just like honestly just pick names, numbers, how you, you know, how you think the horse looks, whatever. Like that. I, You say that kind of jokingly, but because because of the live odds aspect of it, I actually think that it's not that bad. Because if you pick, you might accidentally pick a long shot. You're going to get more money if they win.
0: I feel like the program's kind of bullshit. Like it's a (laughs) way to convince people like me that we know what we're talking about. You know what I mean? Like you said, like the regulars who know are already in the know. It's 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 like when they put the uh, on roulette wheels when they started putting like the previous numbers up that had won. uh, It made people think that oh okay well this number hasn't come up in a while it's due but each one of them is a separate. Set of odds, right? So what I'm saying makes sense at all. I'm having a terrible time talking today. I'm sorry, (laughs) Um, but like I feel like the program is just a way, you know, to convince me that I can Joe average better. That I know what I'm talking
2: about when I really don't. Yeah, exactly. I mean, exactly. I basically I'm saying I think it's totally fine to just bet however you want, and you're not going to be that much worse off than the guy that's the super regular that thinks he's a professional. Because the thing is. Uh, that's how the favorites get determined and they probably are going to more often bet on the faster horses, but they'll get, they'll get smaller payouts. Hmm.
1: How much influence do you think that the jockey has in the horse's performance?
2: Um, I don't know too much. I know that it, at least the small local tracks, it's like, a, the same drivers are there. Like they'll race like four or five races a night of the 11 races. Mm-hmm. So they'll have like thousands of races at the track and usually, somewhere in the program, you can actually see like the win rates of the of the jockeys or drivers um, that race there. So that's definitely one way to pick is just pick like who looks to be the the best driver or jockey and just kind of bet on all their horses. I think it's a decent strategy, but I don't know enough about it to determine how much they actually impact the outcome of the race. Does because the jockey
1: not ride the same horse each time?
2: They'll 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 ride multiple different horses throughout the night. Do you
1: know that I thought about becoming a jockey? <laughs> I'd
2: like to talk about this.
1: Well, so uh, about maybe 20 years ago, mm-hmm. I uh, I weighed like 110 pounds. Mm-hmm. And I went to the horse track, and I just I just thought it was really cool. And I uh, thought, I could probably do that. That's You've... about as far as I got with that career <laughs> path. <you> some...
0: <laughs> I thought there was going to be more to this. <laughs> do you know I once considered being a jockey? Yeah, I thought about it in my head for like 10 seconds. All right, well, I'm glad that <laughs> we...
1: Do horses travel around to different parks or like Arlington Park do they have like the same horses race there?
2: Yeah, so the the smaller local tracks um, or the I'll actually say the smaller purse races, it's going to be kind of we'll call them like the weekend warrior horses and and trainers. It's they're going to yeah, they're going to show up every week for the race season and that's basically going to be like what they do with their horse. Now, the the big time races, those horses come from all over the country and then they'll travel around for the huge payout races. So we'll call it that. That's the difference between, like, the Travel League and the Weekend Warrior horses. Makes sense. What
0: what kind of – at Toledo, what kind of – was it carts or was it –
2: Yeah, so that was the standard bred carts with the drivers. Um, it was a it was a dinky track. It was really small purses. I want to say most of the purses were between, like, three and $8,000, um, which for horse racing is small. It costs a lot to – to raise a horse. Did you ever run the track yourself? <laughs> no, no. I haven't. I never ran around it. Really? Uh, actually, you know, I, I actually did, did ride in the Starting Gate car, so oh, that's kind of that cool.
0: Count? Yeah, well oh, that's cool. I would want to know how long it takes a human to run. <laughs> Wait, he's I'm living serious. my
1: dream. He was
0: <laughs> <laughs> he, he was in the starting cart. You wanted to be a jockey on a horse. On a horse. Right. But still? You wanted to... Uh, you wanted to whip them. You yeah. wanted to uh, I didn't. Okay. <laughs> I never said I wanted to whip them. Well, I mean that's part of the job, Harry. You can't <laughs> you can't just use it for transportation. That's not being a jockey. <laughs> um, but I would like how long would it take a human is a quarter mile,
2: right? Uh, most of the, the races can vary anywhere from a half mile to uh, some of them are like a mile and a half. Mm-hmm. I don't think that there's anything that's 2 miles. Um, I guess it depends on the human. It takes well, me fair. pretty long <laughs> these <laughs> days to run <laughs> <laughs> a mile, so.
0: <laughs> Are horses faster than people, I guess, is what I'm
2: wondering. Oh, oh, yeah.
0: Okay. I figured they might be. I wasn't sure. Otherwise, it'd be pretty boring. I think a
2: slow racehorse could probably still be Usain Bolt, but I'm not sure.
0: Can we okay. set that up? I know we're a pretty new podcast. On-site but site shenanigans we, at Arlington Park. We, uh, Park let's, <laughs> let's tweet at Usain Bolt and uh, Arlington Park and the world's slowest racehorse <laughs> and see what we can set up for it on-site shenanigans. Perfect. Perfect. What is it like to own a racehorse? I mean, this is something. Again, most of these are bred f- for this specific purpose.
2: Yeah, so it's either it's either a lot of work or just an investment where you sit around and don't do anything, right? So these smaller tracks, most of the horses are owned and trained by the same people. Mm-hmm. So that's what I, what I mean when I say a lot of work is they're owning this horse, they're putting in all the work to training it, taking care of it, and then maybe it produces a little bit of income for them from racing if it's a good horse. But usually what you see on the higher end in the huge purse races is that no no horses are owned and trained by the same people. So the owners are just investors on, you know, hoping that they hit a payday with this horse. So they don't do anything other than just basically front the cash.
1: You can have a group of investors on a horse,
0: right?
2: Yes, you can. And I've heard, I can't remember the name of the horse but I've heard of times where in the Kentucky Derby or some of the Triple Crown races that they were like Group owned.
0: Yeah, and you'll see like a random celebrity in there at some (laughs) points. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I'm making that, but like Jared Leto owns a tenth of this horse, or you know, just random stuff sometimes during the derby with some of the. Because I mean, I can imagine, uh, like you said, breeding them is very, very expensive at that point. How much are they paying for these horses to have sex?
2: (laughs) I wish I knew the exact number, but it's it's a huge amount of money. (laughs) I mean, when you boil
0: it down, look, it's a weird question to ask out of context. I get that, but when you boil down what we're talking about here. The, all I mean,
1: races are just really when it comes down to it is how much will you pay to bang my horse. Yeah,
0: that's basically that's basically the First of all, it's the name of this episode. Uh how much <laughs> will you pay to bang my horse would be a great podcast title just for the, the name of a show. That's nuts to me. Huh. All right. So the jockey
1: then is uh is an employee of the owner of the horse.
2: That's the easiest way to think about it. They're Basically, the owners are vying to pick, figure out you know which which jockey they're gonna get for those big races, and I don't know if they bid them out, but ultimately they the way they think the way to think about it is probably to be an employee. They might I think they get a cut of the winnings too, so it's like a it's like an employee with some options we'll say.
0: That's fair. I just love the idea. I'm sorry, I'm stuck on this, but I love the idea that when you're talking to someone about investing in a racehorse with you, they're like, "Okay, so you want $100,000, and we're buying a horse?" And we're like, "Well, not exactly. We're uh, we're buying the rights for two horses to have sex, <laughs> and then we get that horse that's born." Right? That's yeah. That's when you break it down, known, people yeah. are like, "You know what? I'm in. Yeah, <laughs> let me write a check right now." Actually,
1: wait. This might be ridiculously. Yeah, this is taking a turn, David. Basic,
2: I'm sorry. Like, I don't know what's going but on. Like,
1: okay, so so all the horses in the race are male horses, right?
2: I believe that there are like four different types. There are male, female, and then whether or not they're fixed or not. I think, and it also depends on age. I don't know all these off the top of my head, but but there are
0: like I know they're not all male horses. No, yeah. that's very chauvinistic of you to assume <laughs> that only male horses well, are good enough. I- um, I'd like to apologize for Hari. He does this a lot. Uh, <laughs> no. But no, I mean, like, Phillies are
2: female horses, right? And but it's I, not
1: a co-ed racing situation. It's a male horses or it's female
2: horses. Yeah, so one particular race will have, will have similar age and same gender horses.
1: I want to take a moment to apologize <laughs> for my comments earlier <laughs> you weren't meant to come across as <laughs> insensitive insensitive or chauvinistic okay here we go
0: <laughs> you're fine i'm just giving you a hard time
2: but yeah um, for instance for the triple crown i can't, i actually don't even know which which horses those are what i know that they're they're younger i mm-hmm. think they're two or three year olds i think they're male horses and i don't even know what the name for that is
1: so then when you talk about the horse sex part are <laughs> they <laughs> now you've got me interested in this too mm-hmm. do you does is it like the winner, uh, the male winner of a race, and then the female winner of the race, like that's the best combination you're trying to get. So they're both racing horses. That, that are... sounds
2: like an expensive combination, but that's definitely one way to go about. But it. probably right, yeah, like yeah, that's yeah. what
0: you'd. But that's probably hard to get a good return on investment for because you're probably you're paying a lot for each.
1: For, you're <laughs> getting two yeah, winners. Right.
0: Right. You don't. You want like one really great horse, and then well, because yeah, right. Well, if you a get, decent, you know, a good one in a pinch, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> Well, like you're leaving a bar at two a m you know <laughs> well because if you
1: get like the 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 winner of a of a race like the alpha male horse mm-hmm. but you still hook him up with just some lazy like you don't know what characteristics that the, the baby's gonna have right so it's not just about like breeding the male like you gotta have a like some history of the female is what I'm yeah both at.
2: are both are definitely important
0: mm-hmm i would imagine that but you hear that you'll hear like, like the female is good at sewing or something <laughs> you, totally totally you, your apology is just went out the window I everything you apologize for no, james left the room do you understand that our producer walked out after harry's <laughs> insensitive comments he's he's tweeting something as we speak about this um david i'm gonna level with you on something our next segment is something that harry does called harry's hot button you know harry you know him well he's uh Big controversy guy. He likes to really get to to the bottom of things. He's a hard hitting investigative journalist. So uh, here we go with our my favorite segment, Harry's hot button.
1: Oh shit! Five oh! Everybody run!
0: Ooh, that's hot. All right, David. <laughs> <laughs> this is every week. It gets weirder, and I love it. Um, all right. So, what is a, a controversial thing happening in, in horse racing right now?
2: Yeah, so just this past Kentucky Derby, there was something that's never happened before, and that's that the winner of the race was disqualified after the after the race occurred. Um, that's
0: fascinating to me, because yeah. they, they finished the race, horse A won, and then they
2: went back and rescinded the decision? Exactly. So the horse that crossed the finish line first, the horse's name was Maximum Security. He was the favorite for the race, um, and he was disqualified for a racing infraction, which is... I believe the the first time that that's ever happened for the Triple Crown races. The infraction itself was called interference, and basically what happened is this horse interfered with the path of the other horses during the course of the race.
0: And that And it had to cost them a ton of money because the horse that initially won was the favorite, but the horse that ended up winning was quite a long shot. Um, I like an ex-girlfriend of mine bought a, like a twenty-dollar ticket on that horse because she liked the name or something. I think it was Jim's an asshole, and um, <laughs> no, but it was something and uh, and won like thirteen hundred bucks. Yeah, like it, it was a huge versus a three-dollar winner from a normal horse.
2: Yeah, country country house. I think it was like fifty to one at the finish, and the horse that finished second in the race that was declared the winner after the infraction is actually the one that that raised the infraction, mm-hmm. but it was not the horse that was. Most badly interfered with, I'll say. So, the the horse that was most the horse that Maximum Security got closest to bumping into, his name was War of Will, who was also a pretty low odd favorite horse. Um, and it kind of it caused sort of a chain reaction that bumped a little bit into kind of Country House's lane, and the, that horse is the one that raised the inquiry. It's called in the horsing world, the horse racing world.
0: What do you think about the whole thing?
2: So I think. Having watched the video many times, as far as – I guess there's two questions here. One is, was it was it a valid infraction? Should it have been a disqualification just based on kind of a – we'll call it a reading of the rules? Mm-hmm. And then the second is, if so, regardless of the answer – well, if, if the answer to the first is yes, should it be a disqualification in the Kentucky Derby? So I guess that question is, are are the Triple Crown races kind of above, a little bit above regular – I guess enforcement of the rules. Think of like a basketball game where, you know, refs kind of swallow the whistle for the last 30 seconds. to call hand check fouls. Yeah, exactly. No one wants to see the game determined on, you know, on foul shots on, you know, a final drive or something, right? Mm -hmm.
0: So. But you also don't want to set the precedent that it's okay to start cutting off other horses.
2: Exactly. So I think that that's the easiest way to think about it is to kind of compare it to other sports. This is like a very, I'd say it was a very ticky tack foul that probably was correctly called it's honestly it was really close but at least my personal opinion is it should not have been enforced in this case just based on kind of the precedence of it had never been done before it wasn't egregious at all uh the horse that ultimately got moved from second to first his his racing line really wasn't impacted by the infraction it it definitely didn't look like it, it impacted the outcome of the race and who that's kind of
0: who did you bet on <laughs>
2: that's what i feel like that's shaping your answer here who did you yeah, bet on so... <laughs> I, I I like to see the favorites win in the Kentucky Derby because that increases the chance of a triple crown. David, did but... <laughs> you have money on maximum
0: security? I might have had some money. Okay, on that's what. Okay,
2: that figure that might be shaping part of your answer.
0: <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. But you're right. You do want to see that. You want to see a triple crown, and right. we didn't. Then right? I don't even remember the once. I don't remember the Bel- Belmont Mountain Preakness this year.
2: Yeah, same here, and it, it left a poor taste in my mouth. And I think that it's. I think that that's probably a pretty common feeling among people that. You know, they turn in once a year for horse racing for the Kentucky Derby, and then, you know, they want to see if that horse wins the Preakness, and then you have an exciting Belmont um, if the horse has won the first two. And a lot of people, you know, just basically tune out once the once the triple crown isn't possible. Mm-hmm. And even myself, who you know, a little bit more involved in horse racing than the average person, I'm, I kind of follow the same path, to be honest. I didn't yeah. even watch the other two.
0: It just like it's just not as exciting then, right? That's no different than a day at Arlington at that point.
2: Yeah, and the other thing that happened, I believe I believe Maximum Security, the horse that finished first or crossed the line first in the Kentucky Derby, I, th- I believe he withdrew from the Preakness, mm-hmm. actually, because it's it's easier for a horse to win or to do well in the first and the third race than try to race all three. So it's actually a disadvantage to do all three because it's less than like the normal rest time that these horses get between races. Oh, okay.
0: I didn't realize that. So then he came back for the third race?
2: Exactly. A lot of the strong horses that are in the Kentucky Derby, if they don't win the Kentucky Derby, a lot of those horses will take off at the Preakness and then come back and try to win the Belmont. Mm-hmm. They, they want to win one of the three, again, for the, the stud sure. fees, but they'll a lot of them will withdraw from the Preakness.
0: That's fascinating. I never even thought about that.
1: What was, the, what was at stake? What was the prize money for this?
2: I, I, I'd just be guessing. Yeah,
0: it's the most bet on race, right? The Kentucky
2: Derby. Uh, Are we talking about the gambling pool or how much the winning horse? The winning, the winning horse. Por- the purse. I don't actually know what the like purse is. How much is.
1: that winning horse lost because it was then taken away. Jeez. But it's
2: Can you good. Google Kentucky Derby purse for us? Yeah, we, we can get it. That's a good question. But again, huh? whatever whatever the purse is, this is something that's a little bit interesting about this situation, though. I don't know how Maxim Security finished in the Belmont, but it, clearly it was a strong horse. It was the favorite for the first. It crossed the line first. Depending on how he did in the third race, again, it did certainly cost him whatever the, the purse is for the Kentucky Derby, but it did, probably didn't hurt his stud fees too bad. Because He's still getting paid to smash. Don't yeah. you worry about <laughs> maximum
0: security. Nothing's changed there. There's
1: a name for it stud fees. Mm hmm. <laughs>
0: that's what I charge. That's what I call it when I charge. Yes, James. <laughs> so, uh, I'm looking at $2 million for the oh. purse. Okay. But that's, I mean, that's a one-time $2 million, which is very nice, I'm that sure, is for the hot. owners. But I, I think what <laughs> they can make hot. from
2: stud is, is orders of magnitude higher than that, like that's 10, 10, or, 10 times or more.
0: All right, David, I've learned a lot so far. Thank you very much for your time. We want to come back to uh, to get three answers to those three questions that Jim's, we,
1: three, answer
2: Jim's three
0: answers segment. Harry wanted to name it three answers, and I'm not a fan, but I'll go with it, you know? I'm uh I'm passive-aggressive. I, I say it's okay and then talk about <laughs> it on the podcast. That's what I do.
2: Nice. Let me actually hit him in reverse order because I think that it'll kind of flow well that way. Okay. It's your world, David. We're living in it. So we talked about how the odds are set, and the the important thing to remember about how the odds are set is it's live odds. It's, based, it's exactly based on what bets are made, and you're not promised anything until the race goes to post-time. Mm-hmm. So the payouts are determined based precisely on who bets on what, um, and that's going to impact why I think – the so we will go to number one then. Can you make...
0: real quick though? Yeah. So
2: how is this?
0: Oh, how are the starting odds set? Is that just I mean like a, a line maker who's making giving a, Ex- an estimate? Yep. Based so, on what they think is going to happen because of all the information they have.
2: Yeah. So the starting odds and I think that those stay for a little while. They don't want like the first ten bets to come in to like you know why make the tote board all crazy. So okay. they have every track has handicappers who are like knowledgeable people about who they think should be the favorites so they read the programs and they have to um determine odds for horses generally what they do is they just rank them like one to ten and then they have like default odds of the track like the favorites always like you know three to one or one and a half to one or whatever well my uncle is actually a handicapper at a different track in virginia so i know a little bit about that (laughs) your whole family's degenerates i love it (laughs) mine too it's part it's
0: i mean that in the most complimentary way possible um, are so they
1: charlatans? We were we were wondering <laughs> what the term charlatans <laughs> meant. I called earlier. someone
0: a charlatan earlier at Starbucks. I called Starbucks charlatans, and I don't know what it means. I'll have James look that up shortly. <laughs> 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 I'm <laughs> still using James as my dictionary. What am I doing? Not sure yeah. if it was a compliment or an insult. <laughs> I was trying to insult faker? the Starbucks, but but I don't know does that mean they're from Charlotte? I don't really know. Is that an I I know, insult have to have be no from idea. Charlotte?
1: I have no idea what It, it yeah, was not a, meant to be an insult to a David. Fraud. It's a fraud. Oh shit! Okay, okay. it was clearly insulting. Insult. Good. I my, called those. I, this is my I did fourth them, apology on this podcast.
0: <laughs> I did also call them coffee hucksters, so that's good. I did. I made my point known at the Starbucks. They forgot <laughs> Harry's pour over, and I
2: don't like it. Thank you, James. <laughs> You're All right. So coming back to making a living. Yeah. So the Very controversial actually go to the, podcast. So today. the second, I'll do the second question. The the best bet. So. We touched on it a little bit, but I think the best bet depends on kind of what you want to accomplish. So myself personally, I like the, the high payout, uh, long shot exotics, we'll call them, the, the mm-hmm. trifectas and the superfectas, because it, it gives a chance to make a lot of, makes a lot of you're money. not on looking it, to come home
0: to 20 bucks. That doesn't yeah. matter to you. You need the, you need the emotion. You yeah, want the wild Yeah, but I'll ride. say,
1: I like, you can go uh, to Arlington with 40 bucks and have a great day.
0: You certainly the, can. You absolutely can. But I, I
1: guess it's not, I mean, you're not going to go home with your rent.
2: you might though I mean even if you make you know do a two dollar bet that's on if you get some long shots definitely so it really depends on what you want to do if you like just the the feeling of having the right horse that won then just having winners or having show tickets I mean that that can be a lot of funny a lot of fun too
0: but I think the most important thing, which makes a lot of sense, is going in with a strategy, right? Are you going to try and hit some long shots and come home either with nothing or a big chunk of change? Or are you going to try and conserve? I think that's what I took away from this. That's really Yeah,
2: yeah probably the most important thing is determine how much you actually want to lose before you go there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then how you kind of accomplish that goal is <laughs> leave that up to the individual up to you. person. There, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> sorry,
1: we, we might have touched on this before, but uh, reiterate, how does the track make money then? Is it just like taking a little bit off of every...
2: Yeah, so the the track, had every dollar that's wagered already has an exact predetermined outcome of where that dollar is going. And in Toledo, it actually was posted on the wall somewhere. You could see the little pie chart. So it was like $0.60 out of every dollar goes back to the betters, so it gets paid out in the payouts. And then it was like 15% to the track, which included purses. And then it was a pretty high percentage, whatever's left there, 25 maybe. Mm -hmm. 25% was um, to state and local government.
0: Oh, state and local government. Yeah, they get a cut. Of course cut. they do. Yeah, they get a cut. Those bastards. Hmm.
2: And then they also get a cut if you win a, a lot of money at the track because you pay In it taxes. on your W2G. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they're pretty good at getting their cut twice. Um, so you
1: think the best bet, or at least for you, is uh, an exotic bet?
2: I guess ultimately my answer, my answer is that I don't think that there is any best bet. I think that it depends on what you want to get done. Tricking us. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like
0: it. What about making a living? Do you think people can make a living doing
2: this? So I don't think there's any way you can beat horse track betting. Really? I'll say that. Um, and you
0: have told us that there, with some gambling, there are ways to beat it. Now, we had said, just
1: to recap our answers, I think uh, I had said that I thought you could because it's, it's also like the nature of the horse and it's uh, the experience of the horse. It's not just uh, totally luck. And I think you agree. I
2: agree. Yeah, I <laughs> we're a so,
0: couple of dumb dums, sorry. We are Yeah, wrong. I'm a
2: resounding no on this one. I think that this would be the toughest game to be out of almost any sort of gambling I can think of and the the problem is there is some skill to it about determining, you know, what who the best horses are, but there's two huge things working against you to be able to to make a long-term profit. The one is the the really bad payout percentage. So when you, we're talking about 60% mm-hmm. payout on on bets, that's really low. Sure. I mean you're talking about a craps table that's going to pay out, you know, 99% on pass line bets. A lot of table games will be in like the 80 to 90% range. Um sports betting and, and poker usually the house is taking like 10%. Mm-hmm. So to overcome 40% is just it's huge. It's oh, extraordinary. Wow. So there's that and then the the other piece was the how the odds are determined. The the live the live odds aspect of it also makes it more difficult because
0: you don't know gets, what you're going to win.
2: Yeah, the house just gets to be totally indifferent to the outcome of the race they're basically guaranteed a cut and then the payouts are determined just based on the kind of popularity of the bets
0: you mean to tell me the guys i see who are at the horse track every day aren't doing well (laughs)
2: that's (laughs) a that's what i'm saying yeah fascinating hopefully they're having fun are (laughs) they it's probably i don't think they are at that
0: point but they're living under the the benches (laughs) (laughs) that should be our question can you live at the horse track is i think our next (laughs) question (laughs) David, this has been fascinating. I really appreciate you coming back and joining us again. You've, uh, you've been a great friend of the podcast on all sorts of things gambling, and I have a feeling as a couple of degenerates ourselves, we're going to uh, keep relying on you to come back and join us, and we really appreciate you taking the time to be here today.
2: Awesome. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank, Thank you, thanks.
1: David. That was David Walazinski, uh, my former neighbor. And uh, our expert on horse track betting. Listeners might remember David from our episode on online gambling. If that episode comes out first, it was our pilot episode. So yeah, this really, might be the first one that we you're really hearing. don't know what we're going to do
0: with that yet. We're do not we? Sure. So that was a lot of fun, and thank you guys for joining us. Sorry, we talked about horse sex so much. I feel like I don't <laughs> think we expected the episode. I feel to go like it's a sorry, not sorry. I yeah, feel like it's. I think we, that's a good point. It was very in- like it was captivating. I mean, I it, you got to. I mean, that, that's that's. It's a huge part of horse betting. I think. I think that's
1: what horse betting is about. Mm-hmm. I think is one of the things that we've learned is uh, to get that semen. That <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there was probably that part a, made me a, uncomfortable. A I'm not going to lie to you there. To I didn't that.
0: did not expect that to come out right now. I got to be honest with you. Jesus. Get that. Uh, if we hope you guys are enjoying the podcast. Uh, how do they get a hold of us, Hari? Our uh, social media.
1: Yes, our social media at, uh, uh, what is
0: At podcast WDWK. I'm sorry, I kind of set them up there. That's on me. I didn't tell them we were (laughs) going to do that. That's totally, James in the background laughing at how unprofessional we are. Uh, at at podcast W D W K. Let us know if you're enjoying the podcast. Let us know if you have ideas. Um, we're all over social media at podcast WDWK for what do we know.
1: Let us know how your experience at Arlington Park goes. I think we definitely need to set up an on site visit. On site shenanigans is what we call we definitely call I don't that know. segment of uh name things on site. I didn't I thought it was really interesting about how uh, your your odds aren't set until post time, mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to sports where they're set right when you place the bet.
0: Correct. And I don't think we explained what post time is. That's probably something pretty basic to me and you. But I, I, we should probably mention that is when like they all go up to what they call the post at the starting blocks. And, and post time is when the race is scheduled to start. So, yeah, the odds, you don't know the exact odds until post time. Hmm. And you don't know what the payouts are going to be, which is different than anything else. So, yeah, it was cool to learn some stuff like that. Had a lot of fun. Um, what else? Uh, thank you, James. As always, from the uh, here at the People of Comedy Network yeah, podcast baby. studios. Ooh, you yeah. got it right. Little uh, inside baseball. I got that wrong forty-nine times in a row <laughs> on last week's episode. <laughs> We're putting them all in too. We uh, there is a thumb drive that Harry has just solely dedicated to me, calling it the wrong thing over <laughs> and over again. So. I'm not good at this. What are you going to do? <laughs> we're trying. No, it's we're having a lot of fun, and we really appreciate you guys uh, listening. And uh, if you do like it, rate, review, subscribe, wherever you uh, you listen to your podcasts. Uh, toss the People of Comedy Network a follow as well to see some other great podcasts from uh, people all over the Chicago comedy scene. And that's it. Uh, we hope you guys join us again next time. Uh, for Harry Rao, I'm Jim Flanagan. Thanks for joining us on What Do We Know with Harry and Jim. Would you like to say anything, Harry? I did speak for you and then <laughs> ask you to talk. I'm not. I'm not being a good host.
1: It's been a lovely day. <laughs> and, uh, Maybe
0: that's why I speak for him, James. I got to be honest, because <laughs> sometimes they'll say things like "It's been a lovely day."
1: I will say that I am glad that I didn't have uh, uh, caffeinated coffee.
0: Harry tried to order a regular coffee. I ordered a grande. I told him to check himself before he wrecked himself, and uh, I and was I like, agree. sure? And he was like, you know what, let's make it a decaf. I don't want to, I can't, I can imagine what your hot button sound effects would be after 12 ounces of caffeine. Oh, I'd really like yes. to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be fun.
1: You know what I thought was uh, kind of interesting? So as David was, uh, before we started the interview, David was saying that he was really, uh, he was really busy building poker tables and i thought that this was some kind of like gambling speak for like getting a table of people together no he's literally constructing a table oh that's yeah. so cool with like saws Laying and hammers and and all that. That. like <laughs> mm-hmm. carpentry
0: that's um, what he's doing It's carpentry yeah, with <laughs> saws and hammers i love i love when you describe things you don't understand <laughs> it's my favorite you just utilize words you just <laughs> nouns and stuff Um, But I mean, not just a... Is a
1: saw and a hammer not involved?
0: Yeah, I'm sure they are, but you just (laughs) threw them out there. Probably some screws, maybe a nail. I don't know. Uh, But these have... Was that you? Harry Snort? Was that James? Ah, we got a snort out of the James. Yes. Um, They have pop-out cup holders. Like, this isn't some messing around poker table. Like, he's making legitimate... Nice stuff. Oh, so not only saws and hammers, <laughs> grease. <Yeah>. There's <laughs> grease involved. Bearings. Probably, probably some felt, some wood. Yeah. <laughs> not even A little plastic. A little plastic. <laughs> Potentially some cups to hold. Wow. I feel like I've taken this too far and I'd like to apologize for that. Uh we've tried to get out of this like very offensive. Eight minutes ago. Do do another wrap up. <laughs> this is all staying in. It's not all staying yes, in. It is. I can't we can't have it all stay in. <laughs> You've you already closed it, and now we're, we. This ten, is the next episode. Ten <laughs> this is. Again. This is the. <laughs> this is
1: good I want show. David's poker table building in there, so we we wrap it up again. I will cut this part out. It's like this word I'm saying now won't be in here.
0: <laughs> Not according to James, he thinks it will be. No, this is all. Stay, we're live streaming. I, we're live streaming. <laughs> We've just turned into. But I do want to thank David for his time, as always. Uh, he's been great to us as a guest, so we love having him back in. Uh, and we love you guys for sticking around and listening to us. Thank you very much for uh, for, for enjoying the podcast, we hope. If you're liking it, rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, you can find us all over social media as well at PodcastWDWK for What Do We Know, PodcastWDWK. On Twitter and Instagram. Uh, if you have any ideas for episodes, if you have any feedback, if you think that you can be an expert, you probably can. We don't we use the word expert loosely. I feel like, but uh, if you have a lot of knowledge on a subject and you'd like to be part of it, you certainly reach out to us uh, via social media at podcastwdwk, or via email at podcastwdwk at gmail Why am I still talking?
1: Thank you. Have a great day. For the people of Podcast Network. For the network of people. For the Comedy Network.
2: All of those are right.
0: Coming to you from the people of Comedy Network podcast studios in lovely Chicago, Illinois. Uh, Again, follow us on social media. Uh, Rate, review, subscribe wherever you find your podcasts. For Hari Rao, I'm Jim Flanagan. This is What Do We Know.
1: Not much, apparently. Ah!